Hi, Property Investor. I am so excited that you have come to join me on the NC Real Estate Podcast. My name is Natasha Collins, and I am the founder of NC Real Estate, which includes its members club for property investors who want to build a profitable property portfolio that completely aligns with their goals. So I don't know if you can hear it this week, but I'm actually sat out on my roof deck. It's the 1st of November, so I'm recording this a few days early because I'm actually flying back to the UK over the weekend. But it's been 20 degrees today here in New York and it has been absolutely beautiful. My gosh, I can't believe it. I dragged the sofa from in our living room out onto the patio and I've just been sat here. Uh, it's about five to six in the evening, so the sun is setting and all the lights of Manhattan have just started coming on. So I can see the Freedom Tower and I can see the Empire State Building and both, they're either sides of Manhattan, but I can pretty much see the whole of the taller skyscrapers from my balcony. And it's absolutely breathtaking. Today has just been actually quite a luxurious day for me. I've been so busy over the last couple of days, what with the budget and having to do quite a few articles around that, which I completely enjoy doing. I've also been meeting with local developers in New York and I've been speaking to colleagues and fellow lecturers at New York University, NYU, just to see if there's any collaborations that can be formed. And so with that, I've been super, super, super busy and it's kept me on my toes running around, but I enjoy that kind of thing. But last night when I got into bed, I thought to myself, oh, I am so tired. Perhaps tomorrow I just have a morning where I can relax, take some time off. So what did I do? I shut down my alarm. So I was like, I'm not getting up with the alarm. Usually my alarm goes off somewhere between six and seven. And I thought, you know what, just have a natural line. <laughs> Make sure that you recharge and then get up when you're ready. And then I can have a calm morning. And I was up about eight o'clock, so I don't really sleep in that long. But then what I did was Summer and I, my dog, and we walked down to Prospect Park and it was autumnal, so all the leaves were on the ground, but it was so warm and she was paddling in the lake. She'd only go in the lake or in any water if it was hot enough. And she was more than happy to do so. And we wandered around for a bit. Um, the squirrels are now pretty much gone, but she loves chasing the chipmunks. It's brand new to her. She didn't know about those. So she kind of looks at them in awe. And uh, I got back to the flat and then I had some calls with some clients. Uh, I've done a goals workshop in the members club this afternoon. I am feeling completely on point. And once I am done here, I am gonna cook myself the most delicious dinner. I'm gonna do sausage and mash. That has been my day. It has just been so chilled, it's been lovely. And I just thought to myself, my gosh, Natasha, go and do a podcast. Go and let everyone know how you're doing before it gets busy again and I get back to London. Um, and if you're wondering where Chris is, usually he's with me by this time on a Thursday evening, but he's in Brazil at the moment doing some mega deals. So he'll be back in the morning. So it's just me chilled out on my roof terrace with my sofa, my blankets. I even got candles, can you believe? I've got lovely plump pillows and I bought the dog bed out so Summer's on the floor next to me having a sleep. Oh, it's just amazing. So I thought I'd share that with you because I've had just such a nice day uh, that sometimes you have to do that. You have to give yourself luxuries and it's not as if I'm not uh, doing work or I'm not 
making new opportunities for myself. I'm just doing it in my own time. I also got time to go to the gym at lunchtime and that was lovely too. And I didn't put any pressure on myself to have to go really fast on the treadmill or be lifting weights. I didn't put any of that. Um, I just took the time to uh, do a bit of a leg workout, walk uphill, just really like chilled but sweaty. That was my day of a workout. And so now I'm sat out here and I thought it'd be really nice for me to sit out here because uh, hopefully it's not too distracting you guys hearing the Manhattan skyline and everything that's going on because at the moment there's church bells ringing and I'm sure at some stage an ambulance will go past because we live right next to the hospital and you might hear cars go past and maybe the dog will bark but I'm so relaxed that I thought I'd bring you out here with me so you can share my evening. So what am I talking about on today's podcast? Well, I'm talking about the 10 surprising habits of wealthy property investors. And the reason I wanted to discuss this was because I was thinking about what sets property investors apart from one another. And over the past eight years, I've worked with so many different property investors. And they range from people who are investing multi-million pounds to people who are just buying the single let. So, so many different people, probably people who would never usually meet with one another. They don't, they're not in the same area. In my experience, the people who are investing more money are usually in the south of the UK, around London. And then in the north, people are still investing a lot of money, but they uh, invest in cheaper properties, but that's because of the difference in the housing market, nothing else. And I'm often in awe of the highly successful property investors, the wealthy property investors who actually are living off of their property portfolios, because there are things that they do that other property investors who I come across who say they're really wealthy, just pretend to be like this fake flash. It's like the property investors who all of a sudden have got a range on a lease and um, some sort of flashy looking watch and they're just trying to shove off all their material and I often think to myself what is behind the facade that you're putting on what do you want people not to see and so that kind of throws people off they are often the people that you see attending these networking events and they're at the front giving this speech upon these mega deals that they've done and then more often than not, you start digging, you ask some questions and it's not quite what it seems. And that's really unfortunate because I would love for everybody to be hugely successful. So I want to dis distinguish between that kind of facade of wealthy property investment and those who actually are really wealthy property investors. I mean, tens to hundreds of millions of pounds worth of investment of property investments. What do they do that's different? What is that difference? So the first thing that I could think of, and this is quite funny, but all of the really wealthy property investors that I know drive Peugeot 206s, like probably ones that they've got for £500 that were just about to go to the scrap. They don't care about spending money on cars, they'd rather reinvest it. And so what they do, they just buy a cheap runaround and they continue plowing their money back into their property portfolio. Number two, they watch every single penny that comes in and out. So you could ask them at any hour of any day how much money they've got in their bank account, how much, how many invoices they've got outstanding, and how many rental arrears they've got or service charge arrears they've got. They will be able to tell you that at any one time because they are watching it continuously. 
However, the other thing that I've noticed that they do is they pay all of their invoices within 24 hours. And that's huge because that means that they are keeping contractors on side. That really does. They are saying, well, actually, I've instructed you to do the work. I already did the scrutiny of what this was going to cost prior to you even going out and doing the work. And at the time, I negotiated the best price. So I trust that you've done the best thing. All that they do within that 24 hours, and trust me, they will do this on everything, is they will go out and inspect and make sure that that job is done. And then they will pay. Without a shadow of a doubt, all of the wealthy property investors do that, and that's so that they keep their team on side. It's a massive trick. If you take on one of these habits, please make sure that you're looking at taking that on. Also, number three, they aren't afraid to joint venture through loaning money and sharing their expertise. They know how to spot a grafter. That's exactly what they do. They look for people who really do want to get involved with this, but maybe are, don't have quite the knowledge that uh, the wealthy property investor does, and they probably don't have the money that the wealthy property investor does. But if they see that spark, they see that excitement, if they see that passion, that drive, that wealthy property investor will probably invest in them because they know that that person that they're investing in is going to work for them and try their absolute utmost to do every single thing to get those deal right and that's the type of people that they want on their team they want someone who is going to show up and if you're showing up they are happy to back you number four is tenants come first what a tenant wants a tenant gets because good customer service makes people want to live in your properties and they have that as a staple rule if a tenant wants something of course, they're not going to put up with demands, they're not going to put up with obnoxious behaviour, none of that. But if a tenant comes to them and says, look, I need X, Y and Z, the wealthy property investor is going to find out how to provide that. The reason being is that usually what happens is if that tenant's got such a good customer service, they're either going to stay for, a long, for the long haul or if they move out, they're going to tell their friends how awesome that landlord is. And they're going to say to their friends, you know what? This landlord is incredible. You should live here afterwards. And they don't have void periods. So that's why they do it. And what would you rather do? Would you rather spend a couple of hundred pounds on, a, on something for a tenant or have months of void period if you're letting out a more expensive property? I'll let you make the decision. But that's a decision they make on a daily basis. Of course, everything is looked at on a money by money basis, but usually the tenant will get what they requested, but it will be on the terms of the property investor. Number five, they choose John Lewis over Ikea without a shadow of a doubt. The wealthy property investors will get delivery upon delivery from John Lewis because Ikea is just too cheap. Everybody knows what Ikea furniture looks like. I'm sure you do. You could probably walk into a property and know that Ikea has furnished this property. Wealthy property investors aren't going to do that. They expect their properties to look at a higher standard. So they are going to put that higher quality stuff in there. Okay, John Lewis might not always be that high quality, but the wealthy property investor does know what high quality looks like. It's what they live in themselves, and that's what they are expecting their tenants to live in. And again, it goes back to the fact that a tenant will walk in there and go, oh, wow. And then they keep that tenant for the long term, or that tenant recommends a friend to fill their spot afterwards. It's all about the long term. They are playing a game for life here, and that good customer service will make sure that they are constantly getting that income.
Number six, they will pay a premium to buy a neighboring property. And this may sound mad, but if the next door property to the properties that they own come on the market, they will usually go above and beyond to try and secure that property. The reason being is that if they have properties ne next door to each other, they have more control over the area, they have control over the tenant mix, but also they have that option of marriage value when you join two properties together to create even more value or maybe they could demolish both of the prop neighboring properties and they could put a new better property up. It just gives them more flexibility, more control and ultimately in the long run it means that they get more value out of having those properties. Now do not ever try and pull the wall over their eyes. They're not going to pay over the odds. They might pay a little bit more to get that property but they're never going to be fooled they do watch the market they know what's going on so if you do have a wealthy property investor trying to buy your property don't try and milk them for all they've got they're not going to have it and they will remember that if they come across you in the next time but they will pay a really good price for it so that they do get that flexibility number seven Good tenant mix is better than high rent. I love this philosophy and I think I learned it from wealthy property investors. If you have tenants that get on with one another, if they're having to live next door to each other, then you are going to have tenants who enjoy being in the property and that is worth more than tenants who hate each other and want to leave the whole time. But you as the landlord have to think about that tenant mix. You have to think, okay, well, I have got Mrs. Brown who lives in here and she's got quite a yappy dog. Oh, Mr. Red is coming in and he's also got a yappy dog. Oh, they can live in the same building because they'll get on, they understand each other. What you don't want is Miss White to come in and she say, I hate loud dogs. Because you're gonna have that tenant move out or you're gonna have the tenants get in into an argument with each other. So good tenant mix is always better than high rent. But you can still get a good rent out of a tenant. Um, it just means that you are more looking at your property portfolio for the longer term rather than short term high gains. Number eight, mistakes happen, which wealthy property investors are unusually calm about. I've never known a wealthy property investor to lose their mind at uh, mistakes. It's all they are concerned about is the solution. So if something goes wrong, of course, they're going to be annoyed if it loses them some money or in the long term it's not going to work out well for them, but they want to know how to solve it. As I always say, as long as no one's died, you have time to solve the problem. And I think that's a really good philosophy for life. Why would you get annoyed when things go wrong? You have to sort the problem out. You can't dwell on it. You don't have time. Turn it around and make things work for you. Number nine, yes, you will find a wealthy property investor in the pub. They like downtime too. They like drinking beer. They like chatting with their friends. They make time for that. It's not that they always are just so invested in their own little circle, their own little property world. They speak to everybody. And usually when they're in the pub, it's just a good place to get to know them. And I found that I've always had um, been able to socialize with wealthy property investors because they are just like you and I. There is really nothing different to them. So don't start getting all hoity-toity, you know, looking down on people because you think you're better than other people. There's no space for it really in the property investment industry. 
make sure that you treat everybody as equal. You just get on with you and let other people get on with themselves. And finally, number 10, they're on call 24 seven for their property portfolio, even when they don't need to be. Yes, all wealthy property investors will have an out of hours call number. They'll have somewhere where people can get hold of a property manager or someone to pick up the phone and sort out reactive maintenance. They do have those services. But if there is a decision that needs to be made, the wealthy property investor is going to be on call to make it. And that is so important. Being good at property investment doesn't mean you just buy a property and walk away from it. It means that you really are concerned for how that property runs. And that is so vital because if you are concerned from that place where actually, you know what, in the long term, this decision is going to be good for me, then I can make sure that I'm continuously making money you are going to continuously make money. If you just decide that you're going to ignore it, things can fall apart pretty quickly. Being on top of your emails, being on top of your texts, being on top of your calls, I'm not saying don't sleep, but when they are sat at their desk, they make sure that they reply to everything. And if they know something urgent is coming in, they make sure that they are available to answer it. So those are the 10 surprising habits of wealthy property investors. And as I said, that is something that I've learned throughout my time of dealing with property investors. And let me tell you, wealthy property investors do definitely look like you and I. There is nothing different from them apart from they make sure that they are constantly on the ball. So I hope that's been really eye-opening for you. Uh, it actually was meant to make you see that, you know, there's not too much that you need to change. You just need to be so concerned with making sure that things are done correctly and you know where your money is but then you're giving every single person the ability to come onto your property portfolio and help you if they build things up fantastic if they don't you don't work with them and it is simple as that it's a trust thing so that brings me to almost the end of my podcast i hope you've really enjoyed it today thank you for coming and sitting outside with me on this lovely terrace as the sun goes down it's it's so nice i hope we have this weather for a couple of more days then of course i'm coming back to the uk next week um just to do a couple of seminars for lionheart and check in with a couple of things i've got to go and see my development in earl's court um, i've also got to go and see about the property that we're selling in london so i've got some bits and pieces that i need to do um which is exciting. I like being able to travel. I like being able to do that. I'm leaving Summer and Chris behind. So Chris has to work. Um, Summer is going to be with the dog walker during the day. And then Chris will be looking after her in the morning and evening. And then when I come back, we'll be on the countdown to Christmas. Oh my gosh, this year has gone so quickly. Just before I go, I want to let you into something really, really, really exciting. And you've heard it here first. I'm going to be opening the doors to the Members Club again in the next couple of weeks. So by the middle of November, the Members Club doors will be open. So if you want to have some one-to-one -one mentorship with me, you also want to learn, done a few strategies so that you can be that property investor you've always dreamed of, watch out for that. Um, I am going to put the link to join the waiting list below. So make sure you click on that link 
and you subscribe so that the minute the doors open, they're not gonna be open for long, but the minute they do open, you can quickly jump in there because it would be great to work with you. I want to help you become that success. And I want you to give, to give you the confidence to go more than you ever dreamed of. So let's work together, let's do that. It's been lovely sitting with you this evening. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.